Anime Pulse, episode 486. episode of Anime Pulse. Yes, we are here once again to deliver that which is anime, and sometimes games. Sometimes games. So usually the games have animes of them. Yes, exactly. So last week I think I kicked things off with the uh, the IRL news, so why don't you start us off? Or no, wait, did you? Um, did we kind of flip-flopped with the order a little bit. Uh, so why don't you, uh, start us off with what you've been doing with your past week? Okay, my past week, um, I think I talked about the interviews I had, um, no, I didn't, uh, I had interviews last week, or did I? You mentioned that you had interviews. Coming up, right? Or... You had you had gone to a few interviews. You liked one of them. You didn't like the other one. Ah, and I was waiting to hear back. Okay, so this week I was supposed to hear back from, or last week I was supposed to hear back from one woman, and I didn't hear back from two people specifically. The marketing PR people, who I, I'm glad I didn't hear back from because I'm not interested in your pyramid schemes, and <laughs> the uh, apartment uh, manager um office manager job which i'm saddened to not hear back from because it was more money it was much closer it was like less people involved and it's like a lot of it's just sitting around inside an office handling less uh financially inclined people like myself um although it would be even worse because i'd have a job most of those people wouldn't but i didn't hear back from either so, still no job. Uh, I did, however, have a interview with the EEOC. Okay. That was on Friday. They set me up for a 10 a.m. interview where they called me, and we talked about what my case can do, and I actually got a real uh, claim of uh, discrimination put into place now, so it's going through. However... Uh, the EEOC does real investigations, and real investigations take a lot of time. And this could take anywhere up to a year. 
So, in the meantime, I'm better off just finding some other work. However, there are three outcomes that the EEOC can come up with. Number one, they find no discrimination, but that doesn't mean there isn't discrimination. So what they do is they give you a 90 days to sue, but you're on your own if you want to sue the people who you filed discrimination against. Mm -hmm. They find discrimination. This is, uh, this is point two. They find discrimination and they give you that 90 days to sue, but they also say they will back up their, your claims of discrimination. And the final one is if uh, they find significant discrimination in the workplace, they will themselves take your case and sue for you. Now, the last one is the rarest of the bunch. Um, uh, the woman said that they have uh, over a dozen um, cases of discrimination currently, and only three of them are being seen personally by the EEOC. Mm-hmm. So... It's more than likely what I want to shoot for is that they do find discrimination and that they will back up my claims in court if I want to sue, which in and of itself, suing someone costs money. So that's why it's up to you to sue and the EEOC will only show up to be like, yeah, there's discrimination going on. They won't actually pay for it themselves. That's why the last one is the rarest, because they'll fund the suing themselves or the, the lawsuit themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see a movie on Friday like I had planned to. There really isn't anything good out. I thought about the mechanic or the mechanist, but um, I saw an Angry Joe review and it sounded pretty shit. Uh, I was thinking about seeing Sausage Party. Because I was like, oh, that looks like a little kid's film. And then I was like, why is it rated R? Oh, it's about a sausage and hot dog buns. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I see where this is going. Those, sausage, those hot dog buns, they don't look like buns. They look like something else, especially since they have lips on them. And so it's like, hmm. Highly suspicious imagery going on here. But I just was like, ah, I don't know how I'd feel about an adult comedy that's animated right now. So I didn't go see that. Instead, I just went for a walk, and I'm still working on that damn script for, my, uh, for the artist who I help make uh, stuff for. But she's also having me help her make a game, so she has employed me as her... Well, employed. She has... That was the word, em, not employed. She has, she has taken me in as the full-time creative uh, writer for the new game she's making, which is a uh, part one, part two, part three, part four kind of game. Okay. It's a visual novel. It's about Fallout 3, and she knows I have a very extensive knowledge of Fallout 3, so that's why she's leaving it up to me to... Um, of the Fallout universe in general to uh, make the game or the at least a script. And what she's doing is she's doing the coding and the artwork for it. Okay. And uh, just a little uh, backstory. It's about Amata from uh, Fallout 3 who learns that the lone wanderer has gone missing. And so she ventures out into the wasteland with a companion who uh, joined her, her vault. I think vault 111. 
is the vault from the Fallout 3. And so she goes out there and uh, let me just remind you that this artist uh, makes um, adult art. So things happen. Oh. Yes. Um, what else has been going on? Oh, I uh, turned my hand to sashimi on uh, Friday. What did you or, do? No, not, not Friday, Saturday. So I was doing laundry, as you do. And uh, I was putting some bed sheets in the dryer. Now we have one of those dryers that has like the front, um, the front glass window thing. Mm-hmm. Me too. And so I put my fist against it to close it ever so daintily, and I punched it closed. But instead of you know estimating my power to be at half, apparently my power was enough to shatter through the first layer of plexiglass and um, uh, slice open my knuckle in my hand. So, the uh, middle knuckle on my index finger, or my pointer finger, uh, was sliced through pretty clean. Um, so, it was like a flap of skin just hanging off. Oh. And my hand itself was also pretty cut up. Um, the hand cuts are pretty much, oh, well, you can still see them, but they're healed. The uh, knuckle one, I'm letting air out right now. Um, I've had band-aid after band-aid after band-aid put on it because... After I got the cut, I still went for a walk, which I find found funny because when I got to Subway, I looked at my hand and there was blood trickling from the Band-Aid um, down. And I, I realized that my entire walk up, my uh, strenuous walk that I do, because it is uphill for three and a half miles, uh, was making my finger bleed because I was like walking really fast as I do. And so I left a trail of blood all the way to Subway, which I was like, huh, okay. So I kind of just cleaned up what uh, blood was dried to my finger. So it didn't look like I murdered someone. And, you know, it's like, oh, don't, don't worry. This is my blood. This is my blood, not, not anyone else's. Um, and then I changed the Band-Aid when I got home. So... Because uh, I didn't uh, bother. You to didn't think like of, uh, need stitches or anything. No, no, no. Don't need any stitches. I have. I'll get probably a scar there or something like that. But it's fine. It's not bleeding right now. But it's definitely like if you pull on it, like it just like opens up. So it's like, yeah, just a little, little piece of blue skin hanging there. <laughs> You're torturing uh, that, me on purpose. That was fun. Um, oh, I discovered a, wait, did I mention this before? I discovered a giant spider in my front yard. No. Yeah, we have this about, um, as big as my palm. So it's, uh, if you can imagine, I have very large hands. Um, uh, it's a tarantula? No, it's a, uh, a yellow orb weaving spider or a yellow garden spider, which, um, is this... It's a female, too, because I looked it up. Uh, let's see here. Um, see if I can get you a picture of this lovely young individual who has taken up residence in my front yard. Um, she's very pretty. Very big, too. There is a picture of her. Oh, okay. Wow, that is huge. Yeah, she is a biggie. It's the kind of spider that has, like, the head that actually has hair on it. 
So, and her abdomen is bigger than my thumb. Um, I was uh, very keen on taking some pictures, which I will upload to my uh, DeviantArt, which almost sees no work from me lately. I really got to start carrying my camera with me because I have seen some really pretty sunsets lately. Uh, I really missed out on a good one where like there was like a crescent-shaped moon and it was like this very orange glow just coming over the, the trees over the bridge. It was beautiful, and I was kind of upset I didn't bring my camera with me. But the spider, it is in my front yard. It's right by the front door on the enclosed porch side. And she's just hanging out there. I took some pictures of her and threw a couple uh, black grasshoppers, which are mole grasshoppers or, or mole crickets that we have. That Because I was mowing the lawn, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Gigantic spider hanging out there. Huh. So, very cool. Uh, let's see. Has anything else interesting happened? Mm, no, not really. Haven't really done much else. Been applying to jobs. Been working on the game for my friend. Or I guess I could call her my boss or coworker. Um, yeah. It's been about it. My uh, father and his girlfriend were doing yard work today. They did a lot of yard work. My dad's been digging out the old stone path that's around the house. Kind of got buried up by dirt. Um, and he's trying to kill off the grass so it doesn't regrow there. Although the uh, grass killer or vegetation killer he bought really isn't working too well. So he might have to get something a little more potent. Oh. Yeah. Because we went, we went for the grass and weed killer, but Dad should have bought the vegetation killer. However, he hesitated because um, it said that if you spray it on roots and stuff, it will kill the tree. And there is one tree that is like right behind our house that is still alive, and my father, I guess, rather not see it die. But, oh well. He'll have to decide whether or not he wants grass to regrow on the stone path. So, there you have it. That's been my my week thus far. All right. Well, um, my week was uh, not too exciting, but, uh, well, exciting for me because it was my first week going back to school. Uh, yes, the new semester has started once again, so... No, uh, no weirdos who put their hands on you this time? None of that. Nobody has touched me. Ah, good. That I didn't want to touch me. Uh, there were there were some individuals who were like, yes, please, your hand, give it to me. I mean, I accept hugs from my friends. Oh. No. I'm a very huggy person. Huggy. Like, uh, like, the, n never mind. No. <laughs> I was like, isn't there a bear name? Oh, no, that's diaper brand. Never mind. <laughs> um... So that was pretty cool. I'm taking two classes to try and get back into the swing of things. Um, I'm, so I'm taking an advanced workshop, which is poetry and fiction. And so we uh, got this assignment where um, we had to write down 50 words. Mm -hmm. And then what we didn't know was that 50 words was our word bank to create a poem. Ah. And we could only use those 50 words. So if you wrote down all nouns, you were fucked. <laughs> I cheated a little bit. I added an of in there. Uh, no, I added my. I didn't ah. add the of. 
Um, I'm sure everyone added something. Yeah. Uh, but it turned out being pretty cool. I, I'm between two working titles for the poem, which is either Funeral Song or They Don't Hold Funerals for Octaves. None of your poems are very uplifting, are they? Like, Nothing that I like write. Like all is the very stories uplifting. you write have always like had like, oh, it's about a brother and a sister, but the sister gets killed. Yup, by the brother. By the brother. <laughs> Although that's not too different because when I had a uh, what was that uh, a Gaia online account, mm-hmm. which I guess I still do because you can't delete your fucking account. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I had a story I created once for the um, like you know the different items they give you, and sometimes they have like you can create themes with them. Mm-hmm. And one of them had like this little girl, which I actually made a, a little stuffed doll of. Um, and gave it to some friends who I knew online at that point. Um, and so it was like this background picture. So like you would put it on as an item and it'd be a background with a little girl. And it's like a, a castle with a moon in the back. And it was pretty cool looking. So I made my character and he had like a, like the center of his chest had a heart cut out. Mm-hmm. And the story behind it when I submitted it was uh, that the, like the brother and sister lived together and a long time ago. And so... Um, the brother grew up, but the sister never grew older, and so she didn't want her brother to leave her, so what she did is she cut out his heart and, uh, made him her, uh, like her doll. So even though she looks like the doll, he is technically the doll, and so now he is, like, her, um, her protector, and, like, he's always with her at all times. Oh, that's cool. But she has his heart, and um, if anyone were to put the heart back in him, or to take the heart and stab it, he would die. Ah. Uh, yes. So, that yeah. thus the correlation that I was making. Yes. So, um... Yeah, because I... Well, we had to, like, read off a few of the words that we had put down... Mm-hmm. And so I read off a few of them. They were all kind of like death words. And this girl <laughs> looked at me and she was just like, I missed you, Amanda. And I was just like, oh, thank you. Because <laughs> apparently she thinks that my dark sense of humor is uh, one of my winning traits. Um, and then in the other class that was on Thursday, um, it's uh, called hybridity. And... Hi- hybridity hmm. like so like a hybrid so uh it's like a like a uh a chimera yeah ah. so think of it so basically we were given our first assignment we had to come up with a draft of something that combines poetry um narrative and visual a visual novel yeah <laughs> <laughs> there you go you can have poetry by picking up poems in the game and uh, the visuals in it, of course. And uh, what was the last one? And, narrative and is narr- just the storyline. Of course, it's, you have the narrator who's explaining everything. Yeah, well, I'm trying to come up with at least a draft for my idea. And so far, it's going to be centered around, I think, my best friend, who uh, we did have on here at one point, Suave Assassin. Ah, 
and she was actually the one who later on in the show I'll talk about it but uh we watched the anime that I'm reviewing together so hmm. um let's see I played D&D last night specifically like the board game like the role playing game like yeah, like like the dungeon master comes out and he, like you have a dungeon master and a and oh yeah, and, and... it was it was specifically we were playing Warhammer. Oh which right, because is... you, you talked about that before. You would like play characters like Helsing or something like that. Um, sometimes you, I would create them, Helsing characters. Had them like have sex with other characters. No, wasn't that something that you said? I could have sworn it was something you said. You said you had like, like perverted D and D thing once. No, okay. Um, I mean, my characters tend to be a little bit like off, but I don't. I think my best friend would be quite upset with me if uh, I started being like, "Let me have sex with this random NPC." In. She'd be like, God, Amanda, why? Because she is so innocent and pure and doesn't know anything. Ah, see. Yeah, just ignore me. I have absolutely <laughs> no clue where I got that idea. I could have swore. <laughs> Never mind. Well, I mean, maybe you're thinking of like out of context D&D, which is... Which I've, been, have... I've been playing too much Witcher 3 lately. Yeah, I guess so. Um... Yeah, and that was last night. I didn't get home until midnight. And, Oof. uh, yeah, that, so I, I kind of just fell into bed and was just like, ah, I have to do a show t- tomorrow or today. <laughs> it was just like, so I got to get some sleep. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of pretty much what my week entailed. I finished the poem. I'm working on the hybrid thing. Um, I think I'm going to type up one of our ch- one of our chats together like on my typewriter ah. um it was uh, a really weird conversation it was um about photosynthetic bears photosynthetic bears so bears that receive energy from the sun yeah hmm. well it it was just kind of a joke because i i'm like misread um, what something that she typed because I have slight dyslexia and I so whatever she put down I read it as bears were coming for my ass and I was I was just like I'm really concerned if bears are coming for your ass. The bears come out of the woods to play. <laughs> yeah. So that, uh, uh, is that yeah it? that that pretty much does it for my week. Hmm. I guess which that will bring us to our industry news. Yay, industry news. Woo! So, uh, I think you went first last week? Or no, did... Uh, no, no you... I did, because it yes. was two, I had two pieces of news and you had one. Yes. So... so... I'll go first to the news. Okay. So I got a little bit of Pokemon news over here, because Pokemon has been a theme recently. 
So, in the, in, in the new Pokemon games, you would expect, like, you know, that, like, all the Pokemon, they have a description. When you catch them, you can read the description. Yeah. And it's a, like, it's a kid's game. There's not anything oh, super deep you don't know meaningful. about some of those old descriptions, like, like, like Hypno? Hypno's a motherfucking rapist. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And, like, Drowsy, he eats your dreams while you're sleeping. Out of your nose. And, and, uh, Ogangar and Ghastly. Ghastly will, like, suck your soul out of you, and Gangar will try to trick you into dying. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a kid's game, but man, let me tell you, you play, like, the OG Pokemon, and you go to the, uh, uh, damn it, why can't I think of the name of that stupid town every time I think of the town? Um... Indigo Town? No. Uh, yes? It's the town with that music that's, like, so memorable. Yeah, I, I can't tell you which town it is, though. But yeah, the, the basically the town with the tower where all the dead Pokemon go. Yeah. So, like, that, like, that's... I mean, Cubone wears the skull of its mother. Yeah, it's kind of fucked. Still makes no sense, because if, if Marowak is its mother... And, like, Cubone's born, so does that mean when it's born, it's born out of its mother's brain? And so it, like, shatters out like a, a chess hugger wearing its mother's skull already? Some of the stuff in Pokemon makes no sense. Anyways, I'm interrupting. <laughs> I'm derailing. Continue. Yes. So, um... The descriptions in Pokemon Moon might be getting a little bit too real. So, for instance, the description for Lapras in the Sun version of this new Pokemon game is has great intelligence, understands human languages, sings with a lovely voice when, when in a good mood. In Moon, it is once in the verge of extinction due to poaching. Now, as a result of too many safeguards and protection, the population has exploded. Hmm. Lapras is the uh, fairy Pokemon, correct? Lapras is the giant whale with the shell on his back. Well, it's not really a whale. It's like the Loch Ness Monster. But, uh, I, okay. Whatever. Right. Um, we're, if we're talking whales, whale lord's a whale. Yeah. Uh, there's another case where, uh, this in this case, it's the sun version that's a little bit darker. Um... And it's for Gold Golduck. Uh, Sun has the supernatural powers that come from the red part of its forehead. Has also been a victim of overfishing in the past. Uh, Moon swims on the lake and sits on the shores, quietly eating fish Pokemon in his cot. Which begs the question, wait, there's a food chain? Oh yeah. Pokemon eat Pokemon, and people eat Pokemon too. Think about this. There are no animals in this world. Except Pokemon. What do they ish for, what do they eat for fish? Fish Pokemon. Fish Pokemon. Gonna get me some uh chop me up some of that uh Magikarp. A little bit of well, sea king fillet. They're not good for anything else. <laughs> Um, and then the last one is from Yabby. 
it's it's a description of Nyabi's attack. Fiery hairball attack. Nyabi can attack by setting the hairball inside its body on fire, which is just kind of gross. Yeah. I got I got a description here of a Pokemon called Yamask. Okay. Which uh this is like one of the uh darkest of them. Yamask is a shadow-like Pokemon holding a mask that has a face of when it was a human. It has two oh. shadowy tendril-like arms, red eyes, and has a small like appendage that holds a mask. Due to being a human long ago, it has memories of being a human. If someone wears the mask a mask carries, they will become possessed by the Yamask in question. Sometimes it looks at the mask and cries, apparently in longing. Well, that is definitely dark. Yeah, so basically it's carrying around its face and sometimes it will look at the face and be like and just start weeping and breaking down and crying because as Pokemon is starting to hint, people were once Oh my god, they're eating people! Pokemon are soil and green! Because that means that fishermen were Magikarps at one point. Or no, Magikarps were fishermen. My god. What if Pikachu is Ash? Ash is in a coma. Ash is in a coma because he picked up Pikachu and got electrocuted and he's been in a coma ever since. Uh, do you remember all those crazy, like, fan theories when that was, like, a thing? Yeah. You think, you think, like, Pokemon Black is dark? Just Pokemon OG is dark. Yep. Well, on some lighter Pokemon news... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's get away from that. There is also going to be Pokemon-themed Build-A-Bears, uh... And starting September 1st, so they're already here. You can now make your own Eevee. Hmm. Any and of the Eeveelutions or just Eevee? No, it's just the Eevee. Mm. So it's the basic 14-inch Eevee with its Build-A-Bear exclusive trading card at priced at uh, $28. Extra add-ons available, such as a hooded Pokeball pajamas for $12, and the online exclusive package which includes along with a plushie of five-in-one sound clip in the pajamas. The trading yeah. card is a special Eevee Evolutions decorated cape for $62. I went to Build-A-Bear once. I made a panda. I've been there a couple of times. I still have one of the Build-A-Bears that I got. I named him Stanley. Mm-hmm. My Build-A-Bear was for a girl that I used to be friends with from, uh, can't remember where exactly she was from. Jeez, I can't even recall. I think she was from Puerto Rico. She referred to me as Sad Panda all the time, so as a joke at one point, I'm, I was like walking by a Build-A-Bear and I saw a panda, I was like, okay. So I went in, I made the panda, and I put like a little heart inside of it, and I sent it off to her. That's kind of cute. Yeah. And then it turned out she had a boyfriend. I kind of dropped contact with her because she was, like, hinting at heating on me. And at that point, I was like, that's against religion. God will not approve. Yeah. <sighs> and then I realized there is no God. So it's like, nah. <laughs> I mean, I'm still not into it. It's like, 
I'm you have someone who already does things with you. Go hang out with them. Cheating is not cool, okay? No, it's not. Unless you are swingers, in which case it's completely fine. Yep, but let me know that ahead of time. Do. Because I don't want your husband to come up and be like, So what's going on here, honey? Um your <laughs> wife is not stroking my leg, oddly. And it's like, no, it's cool. We uh, swing. Oh, okay. Want to join us in a threesome? Mm, not really. <laughs> All right, so what's your first piece of interesting news? My first piece of interesting news is a poll. Yay, we love polls. Yeah, polls are going to be one of the things our, our listeners will eventually come to hate as much as food news, because <laughs> I, I fucking love polls. So... They can't take both away from you. This poll was to designate the worst heroines in Weekly Shonen Jump's history. The editorial division of the Japanese fan site Go Ranking polled 500 people in their 20s and 30s, 250 men and 250 women. The survey was conducted from June the 28th to July the 1st. Although the website posted the results on August 27th. The question was technically worded, which heroine in Jump's history makes you the angriest? Okay. Now, the votes were extremely, extremely, extremely split. In fact, so much that um, the top number one answer only has 6.7% of the votes. Oh, wow. And that is Ochako from My Hero Academia. I don't know if you've seen My Hero Academia. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to review it in, like, next week. <laughs> so it's like, as far as I know, she's kind of like a bubbly girl, so I don't yeah, really get why I don't, I don't people understand. hate her. No, she's so great. I love her. Number two, I can understand, is Chitoge from Nisei Koi. Fuck you, bitch. Fucking hate that bitch. Blackmailing slut. Isn't is that the girl with the blonde hair? Yeah, and the in the red ribbon in her hair yeah, kind of yeah. makes her have the bunny ear thing. It's like fuck you, you fucking ruined everything for that anime. Just fuck off. Number three, I think is based upon the anime version of her only Erina from Food Wars Shokugeki no Soma. I mean, I can understand a little bit. She's a huge bitch in the anime, but in the manga. She is really starting to come off as like, okay, we can understand why now she is a huge bitch and why she puts on the airs because her father was basically a was a abuser. Hmm. Uh, that explains the doujin that I found. Yeah, he's a very bad man who did a lot of bad things to her and psychologically broke her as a child. But then she was actually saved by uh, Soma's father. So, And then she realizes Soma's father is the one she wanted the D from all the time. And then she's like, wait, that means Soma's his fucking son. Fuck. And then her pussy juices got wet. Moving on. <laughs> uh, number three, Misa from Death Note. So yeah, I understand for Irina that. For number three. Uh, number four is Kagura from Gintama. I don't know. Tied but... between two for six is Surara from Nara, Rise of the Yokai Clan. I don't get. Surara was great. If you don't remember, Surara was the Yuki Ona girl from Naru. 
or Nara for Rise of the Yokai Clan. She's the one who wanted the main protagonist D so that uh, he can uh, give birth to a uh, yokai heir to the mm-hmm. clan. So I loved her, and she actually becomes his main uh, squeeze. So it's like, I'm happy with the ending of that. Okay. Uh, tied for her was Sakura from Naruto. Easy. It, yeah, it's totally understandable. It's like, oh, God. bitch she- had no idea what she wanted in life. But honestly, it—it's it, honestly the mangaka's fault for making all female characters that he writes so unlikable. Like, there's not a single female character in that series in Naruto that is likable. Hinata. Oh, okay. Hey, there you go. Boom! The most likable female character, and she gets Naruto. So it's like, okay, understandable. Of course, you can also say Naruto's little sister is also kind of likable, uh, Hinabi. Which, you know, she had a thing for Naruto too. So it was kind of like all the likable characters had a thing for Naruto. Everybody had a thing for Naruto. Everybody low-key had a thing for Naruto. Not really. I mean, Sakura only had a thing for Naruto at like the very end. She was like, why don't you just date me? And he's like, no, you're just trying to push your love for, for Sasuke onto me. So, uh, forget it. And then Sasuke and her bone anyways, so there you go. There you go. Uh, number eight is, uh, Chiaki from Roku Den Nashi Blues. Number nine is Medaka from Medaka Box. Number ten is Kokomi from Saki Kuso no Sainan. Number eleven is Sukasa from Strawberry 100%. Number twelve is Chika from World Trigger. Number 13 is Miho from Bakuman. Tied for number 13 is uh, Sakurako from Siren. Again, tied for 13 is Himeko from Skeet Dance. Skeet, skeet, skeet. Number, <laughs> and tied again for number 13 is Nami from One Piece. Why? I don't know. Maybe because she's like one of, I don't know. I Of the female characters who follow... Uh, Luffy around. I don't think Nami is great. Uh, number 14 is uh, Daki from Hoshin Engi. Uh, number 15 is Lala from Turavru Trouble. Uh, tied for number 15 is Kaoru Roroni Kenshin from Roroni Kenshin. Um, and in last place is Akia from MX0. Mm. So, like I said, the votes were very diverse. In fact, the last place only had 1.8% of the total votes. So, but very odd that Ochako took number one, since she seems like a really nice girl. Yeah, she's really likable. Although I guess I would have been even more surprised had um uh what's that uh, one girl who's from the who's from the same uh damn it what is her name the frog girl oh I don't know what her name is damn it uh da 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 
No, I can't. I can't recall who she is. In any case, the frog girl from My Hero Academia, because she, I think she's even more likable. I've seen so much doujin of her that it's like, okay, I can understand people like her as the waifu. There's a Yonderdick character in that, though, I hear. So it's like, okay, tell me more. I just found out recently that in my um, dating game that I'm playing, that one of the male characters has a Yandere ending, and I self-destructed. <laughs> oh, no. I've never been into male Yandere's. Male Yandere's are fucking terrifying, and I love yeah, it. Yeah, they're more like... They come off as more like Psycho than, and less Yandere. It's, it's more... I don't know. It seems more aggressive when it's a male yandere. Well, they come off as cold and collected, but okay. once they care about you, it's it like if I can't have you, nobody can. I mean, female yandere's have that too, but it's just like mm, I, I think the dede in male yandere's just doesn't come off as well. Although, if we keep going down this path, we're going to talk about Yandere's for the next hour, because I think we both have plenty to say about them. <laughs> we both have a problem. So, there's my first piece of news, which is a a poll of the worst shonen heroes, only a few of which I agree with. Definitely yeah. Chitoge. Chitoge is shit. She is a terrible female character that should never have existed. Please die. All right, so my next piece of news. Person Hacks Ukraine Shopping Mall screen puts up a new puts up new game hentai doujin page. Hmm, I'll bring the shoppers in. Yeah, I think so. So in a shopping mall in a town I can't pronounce, Ukraine, shoppers received a shock when the usual advertisements on a large plasma screen were suddenly swept aside in favor of the English translation of... New game, hentai doujin page. The doujin page featured protagonist of uh, uh, Suzukaze stayed on the screen for a span of 15 minutes. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, uh, it was believed that a customer entered the system to play a prank. Representatives of the mall declined to comment, but said they will strengthen security measures so that this will not be a repeat in the future. Uh, ah, I, I'm uh, seeing the Dojin Pesa was a page that was put up. Oh, Pace can I see? Oh, it's on Sad Panda. I just I quickly typed in new game, and I was like, oh, I wonder what they put in. And I was like, okay, what's the English translations here? And it's like, oh, it's this one. And I looked at it, and it's like, hmm, oh. And Tasteful is being sarcastic, by the way. <laughs> because let me just uh, read off the, uh, <clears throat> the, the uh, I guess, the tag words for this. For female, it's drunk, lollicon, uh, rape, schoolgirl uniform, solo female, and x-ray. So, Oh, I hate the x-ray tag. Yeah, the x-ray tag. It's like, look, this is what's happening inside. It's not physically possible at all, but hey, there it is. Yeah, you just penetrated the uterus. The way to go. I mean, I've talked about this so many times on After Dark. You can't do that! 
just doesn't work. And if it did, things come well, out. Do not go in. It's a one-way door. I don't like my ass. <laughs> Exit only. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna get out. Oh wait, there's. I mean, same, dojin. same. One Punch Man Dojin. Gotta take a quick peek at this. Oh God. <laughs> Can't you do it after? That's pretty amusing. I I just like seeing the ends of some of these because they always have comedy. That's been pre <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, okay. Gotta love One Punch Man. Such a good anime. Pretty good doujin too. So what is your last piece of news? My last piece of news here is uh, the currently... Uh, well, not currently, but I guess currently. It's uh, currently in application phase. The Moe Grand Prix is going on in Japan. Woo! For those What's of you that? who do not know, the Moe Grand Prix, which is uh, held by publisher Gekken Plus, uh, has a contest for the, as you may very well know, the different cities, prefectures, companies, and organizations all have their own Moe characters to appeal to, well anyone who lives in Japan anymore because all the male people who live in Japan are otakus, apparently. And so, the contest is split into three categories. Regional, business organization, and personal. It is currently in the application phase, which lasts until October. Voting for the most moe character will begin on September, 7th, or September 10th and last until October. The winners will be announced at the uh, Enitamasai an anime festival in Saitama. Saitama. On October 9th, to qualify, a Moe character must have their own Twitter account <laughs> and spread love and positive energy. Overly sexualized characters are discouraged. Voters can vote once per day. Uh, dozens of character profiles have already been posted on the website. A few samples include Sui. Ki, uh, Suiki Zakura for the mascot of Yuri Honjo, a city in the Akita prefecture. Uh, Mai Igarashi, the mascot for Iga, a city in the Mei prefecture with a strong ninja heritage. Uh, Konoha Mikumo, the mascot for the virtual private server Konoha. Um, Izumi and Izumi Masamoto. Masamoto, the anthropomorphized razor and tool mascot no. sisters, respectively, of Izumi products. Uh, um, um, Moe, an officer in the Moe military, and Makana Kanato, the unofficial character hailing from the middle of Kanato. Or Kanato, sorry. Why do I keep saying Kanato? Kanto, <laughs> damn it. Kanto. Kanto. Kanato. Yeah, you know Kanato. <laughs> yeah. The famous yeah. city in Japan, Kanato. <laughs> Where's Ichigo? We need him to punch you. Yeah, uh, he'll he'll mail his punch in in the uh in the mail and I'll get it later. It's gonna be uh day old um day old melon pond because I had him send me some melon pond once and it was delicious, but it's a little it's delicious. Uh. All right. If you still listen, Ichigo, could you send me some more melon pond? Can't get real shit over here. It's all 
that rap bullshit. And he sent me some good melon pong too. It had like chocolate chips in it. And there was melon oh, wow. pong that had like melon shit in the center of it. He did a good job. Ah, I miss Ichigo sometimes. <clears throat> you have an Asian market near you? Because I know I do. I have no Asian markets near me. I have uh, what we call the Asian food section in, <laughs> in uh, <clears throat> Walmart and Price Chopper. Those that's what's near me. Oh, we have like a really small Asian market just about like 20 minutes from here. I'm sure there's actually one of those where it's like one of those really small food markets. But uh, I live in a place that's nicknamed Amster Rico for a reason because. Oh, yeah. So the small food markets that are here typically have a lot of Hispanic themed food. I see. Yes. Well, I mean, you can always look it up. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, I guess that brings us to our reviews. Me gusta. <laughs> that was really loud in my ear. <laughs> Toquero Taco Bell? I, I, that's about all the Spanish I know. Yo quiero Taco Bell, because fucking dog said it all the time and got stuck in my head. Um, uh, what about like the um, other taco commercial? Por qué no las dos? The what? It was just like soft taco or a soft taco shell or hard taco shell. Brooklyn Bastos. Really? I don't remember that at all. You don't? Oh. No. There's only a few commercials I remember keenly. Um The Quiznos one. And Quiznos Subs. That one. That fucking stupid ass commercial. Which I by the way, I hate Quiznos subs. They taste terrible. I've never even seen a Quiznos. Just don't bother going in one, it's terrible. Um the the five five dollar no. five dollar no. foot long <laughs> or the uh, oh 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 the uh don't you want to want the vanta don't you want to want the vanta i'm don't so you wanna? glad that fucking commercial died god going to like any movie ever did just like <laughs> it would start playing like no no god stop make it stop Please. Just, at the end of it, it's always like this sexualized guy going like, mm-hmm. He's like, okay, yeah, I'm sure you oh, banged the, all And the, the women weren't over-sexualized. Oh, of course not. But, I mean, it's like the guy's like, I'm getting laid tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'll have some Fanta, if you know what I mean. Well, in terms of just kind of memorable commercials, so... Uh, this is totally off-topic, off, off topic, but who gives a fuck? Yeah. Uh... There was this commercial um, awards. This was years and years ago. And I still remember this commercial to this day. And so basically, I think it was from England. And it's this woman and she's driving and she gets pulled over. And uh, there's a little girl in the back seat and she's drawing and it's all cute or whatever. And uh, the guy guy says, license and registration, ma'am. And, you know, she hands it over. And she hands it over, mm-hmm. and he looks at, into the back seat and says, Mommy was going a little bit too fast, now wasn't she? And the little girl whispers, That's not my mommy. And then holds up her oh. picture and just says, Help me. Oh. <laughs> and the cop oh. is just like, Step out of the car, madam. <laughs> and then the little girl just starts smiling, and, it just, and it's like for an acting school or whatever, and says, Born to act. <laughs> 
Jesus. And oh my god, that is one of the funniest commercials I have ever seen. Besides, that's like the most frightening thing to me about having children, or like when I might adopt like a daughter at some point, is just like the fact that they can pull shit on you at random like that and get you in so much shit. Oh yeah, I pulled shit on no my reason. dad. I'm. It's like we all, we all accidentally pull shit on our parents, and then they get to hold it over us for the rest of our lives. But then, like, nowadays, where it's like, back then, it was like, corporeal punishment was accepted. You know, I got spanked with a belt all the time. But nowadays, it's you do that, and it's like, you're going to jail for child abuse. I don't get how society changed so much. I mean, I'd never hit my child with a belt. I'm, I'm already completely against that. In fact, I'm going to spoil the shit out of my daughter. Whatever she wants, I'll get her. Because I don't want to have that point where she tells the cop that just pulled me over for speeding that I'm not her daddy. <laughs> and then I go to jail and I have to fight. No, she is my daughter. Here's the fucking papers. It's just I wouldn't buy her that stupid doll in the mall. <laughs> yeah. Fucking My Little Pony. Not fucking a My Little Pony, but... No, no, please, no brony shit. My Little Pony, My Little Pony, what will today's adventure be? I'm shocked. What? You know that. Oh, uh, it's, uh... I watched some, uh... YouTube videos back in the day, which were... What were they? The what was that software that the FWF animators used to use? Oh, I don't know. Um, G G mod, G mod, I think was it was. It was like it used like the assets from um, from uh, from from. Why can't I remember the name of that game? It's very popular. Half Life. Half Life. Thank you. Oh, so you're talking about Gary's mod. Gary's mod. Thank you. Gary's mod. And, um, and this, one of them was just, like, the G-Man riding a, riding one of those, like, weird sausage-like creatures that kills the doctor, or kills, like, the father mm -hmm. uh, at the end of it, and it's just playing, My little pony, my little pony, what will the day's adventure be? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now to get back on track. Yes, uh, now that we're done talking about commercials, YouTube videos, and Gary's Mod. Yeah. So, um, I guess you should go first. What, uh, All what right. is your review? Uh, my review is Oranchi no Fudo Jijo. Okay. While my yonderday fetish is what I'm known for, I also share an immense interest in monster girls. We know. Girls who have various traits that belong to animal spirits and folklore in general. Monster Musume, Twelve Bees, Hitome Sensei are some of my favorite series right now. Knowing that, you might start to see how I might have come to give this anime a chance. Sure, the main creature is a mer man but i thought perhaps where there is monster men there will be monster girls i was wrong 
I was so very wrong. This series was nothing more than a fat fest for Fujoshi, who wants to watch pretty boys bathe together. Because I kid you not when I say this entire series takes place inside a bathroom. In the fact, entire series? Is it, a short, is it a short series? It's one of the ones that's like short episodes, but it's 12 episodes long. Okay. In fact, it had it not been for the two saving graces, I might have dropped this series entirely. But first, let me set the stage for you. Tatsumi is our main male protagonist, and one day he just so happens to cross a merman who is washed up on the side of a river. This merman's name is Wakasa. And he, wanting to escape the pollution of the river, is taken by Tatsumi to his humble abode. However, once Wakasa recovers, he doesn't want to leave. Luckily for him, Tatsumi is, ne- is, is a, a pushover, beyond belief, and will not abandon a helpless merman. You know, because he couldn't just drive him out to a beach and toss his ass in the ocean. Which is surrounding Japan. No, that'd be too simple. Thus begins the relationship between Tatsumi and Wakasa. One that is close enough that Tatsumi is willing to bathe with Wakasa on a frequent basis. Even though the bathtub Tatsumi has is only big enough to fit two grown men. As you might imagine, problems arise. Wakasa requires warm water. Because, you know, the the ocean is obviously 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So Tatsumi's bill skyrockets through the roof, but instead of kicking Wakasa out, he starts working overtime to pay for Wakasa's comfort. Then a bunch of Wakasa's friends start to show up, all bringing with them a different form of vague yaoi undertones. Like an octopus, who is good at giving tentacle massages. A jellyfish, who is 100% trap. And a snail, who can clean up the bathroom this series is always in. Well, I mean, you would like the trap. I did like the trap. Uh, We also meet Tatsumi's little sister, who is a huge brocon. Aside from introducing us to these characters, the series is pretty slice of life. If that slice of life came from a life where a merman, with a merman. Um, Episodes are short and situation-based, clocking in at only about four minutes per piece. So unlike Love Stage, a full-yawn yaoi I had watched after mistaking it for a reverse harem, the episodes can only do so much damage. So let's run over those support characters in a little more detail real quick, since there isn't a whole lot to say about them. Uh, First is Takasu, the octopus. Mm -hmm. He's been friends with Wakasa long before Tatsumi. But that doesn't mean he's mean to Tatsumi. He has a habit of crawling into dark spaces like Tatsumi's washing machine. Um, uh, Mikuni is the jellyfish and the most feminine of the monster men to appear. He is a very pleasant creature, though he will shock Wakasa and Takusu, uh, or Takasu if they annoy him. He is Tatsumi's favorite of the bunch, as he only ever asks for bottled water. Maki is the sea snail and is either happy or depressed. He is very good at cleaning the bathroom, though Tatsumi has his own shell and or Tatsumi cleans his uh, shell with a toothbrush. And finally, there is Kasumi, Ta- or Tatsumi's little sister. She, while shocked to learn about Wakasa, doesn't worry as much as he is not a girl. 
She is a huge brocone, or brocone, brocon, unbeknownst to Tatsumi, and is very protective of him. Great. Also, there's a rubber ducky that has the narrator's voice, but being an inanimate object, it doesn't do too much to make him a character. Uh, like I said, this is a fat fest for Fujoshi who just want to watch Pretty Boys Bay together. It's only about four minutes, but I imagine that because a Fujoshi only needs four minutes to douse the digits, the saving graces were the sole female sister who broke up the Yahweh combo meter and the jellyfish who was more trap than Pretty Boy. Besides these things, this series was nothing new to the table and very little interest to me. Animation was by uh, Asahi Production, a studio I'd never heard before. They had done work on anime like Himi Goto, Alice in the Country of Hearts, and Super Robot Wars Original Generation, The Inspector. Mm, excuse me. Honestly, the animation wasn't all that bad. It had a certain unique style to it that I kind of liked. However, since I have not seen any other anime studio or any of the other animes the studios animated, I can't say it was because the studio or the very short length of the episodes that made the anime quality rise. I will say that this studio was founded in 1973. They haven't done much. Mm, that's interesting. Voice acting was about average, really nothing to say, and I don't really have a favorite character because like many shorter anime, I didn't get a good enough feel for the characters and really didn't like them straight away. So, I have nothing for this spot. I guess, of the characters I like the most, would, of course, be the trapped jellyfish and Tatsumi's little sister. But, even then, I didn't get to know them really that well. Um, I'm going to give Orenchino Fruto Jijo a Netflix. Okay, that brings me to Endride. Anybody who follows me on Twitter, they they didn't get the usual me taking pictures of shit and ranting about it because I got I had somebody else to rant about it with. Hmm. I had my best friend who I I woke up one morning and I said, you know. This looks like a decent anime. And before she got up, I put it on. I watched the first two episodes and I was like, oh God, this is shit. Oh God, this is terrible shit. And then we watched the whole thing in one day. <laughs> so. Where to begin with this god awful ch chunk of shit? I suppose the opening episode is the best place. So we start off with a green light. And, and two figures speaking to each other, which is basically just mouth flapping since there's no sound at all. Then our protag, Shun, or as I like to call him, Red Fuckface, that's because his hair is red and so are his clothes, wakes up. Fuckface goes about his day, and we find out that he likes crystals! And it is this massive ADD for shiny things that will unfortunately screw him over in the first episode. How predictable. We watch him share a meal with his mother, who we are told was an archaeologist, and we also learn that tomorrow is his dad's birthday, and his dad is never home. He's a scientist. Basically, they just... They see him every once in a great while, because he just never leaves the lab. Hmm. 
So the, his birth, his dad's birthday runs around, like like comes around, mm-hmm. and he uh, Shun made made sure to uh, text his father and be like, "You have to come home. We're, we've got this whole party set up for you." And of course, he doesn't show up. So Shun or fuckface decides that he is going to go get his father and bring him back personally. By the way, this is in, like, the vague kind of future-esque area because the phones, they look like smartphones, but they look, like, better than smartphones. Okay. And everything kind of just has that futuristic vibe to it. So he goes to his dad's office, and his dad isn't there. He's in the laboratory. But, of course, he sees a, uh... Shiny rock inside a case. He's like, oh, wow, look at this crystal. I've never seen one like this before. He opens up the case, touches it, and this mirror shows up, or like this portal shows up in kind of in the sky or above his head. And he sees this other world. And he reaches out to touch it and boop, gets sucked in. Switch to emo boy, or off-brand Sasuke, as my friend liked to call him. Sasuke? Yep. He's got purple hair, edgy clothing, a V, uh, uh, like a downward V in his crotch that would kill most women. But he's emo as fuck, so don't touch it. He is trying to kill the king of his land. He gets caught, they battle... I should probably mention the weapons that they're using come out of their chest. Just as a side note. I don't remember what these weapons are called because really I don't think it matters. But basically what they do is when they fight, they're just like, fighting stance and weapon comes out of their chest and it's all glowy. They're like, yeah, let's fight. And, uh... Yeah, he gets his ass kicked by the king and then gets thrown in jail. (laughs) Only later do we find out, hey, that's your father. Uh, Fuckface shows up because he fell through the portal into the prison where off-brand Sasuke is being held. Whose real name is Emilio in case anybody gives a shit. Uh, Guards show up. Uh, they they end up, like, fleeing and leaving and f- finding a river to escape through. And they escape! Yay! And that's the end of the first episode. Now, there are a lot of things to talk about when it comes to this anime, and why I hate it. The animation is fucking terrible, especially the opening theme. God, this opening theme is the worst that I've heard in a very long time, and it gets stuck in your head. And also the animation for it is just terrible. It's, uh, I believe it came out last season, or the season before that, and yet it still is just, it looks like something from the early 2000s. Like a later Digimon ripoff. 
we uh, quickly learned that uh, Shun also has the ability to summon this weapon from his chest. Oh, but and we figure out that this world, um, I don't remember what the world is called, is actually the center of the Earth. Okay. Yeah. How special? It's so special. The plot for this is basically that Emilio wants to go and kill his dad, who isn't really his dad. He raised him, but he killed his real father. And so he wants vengeance! That's why he is off-brand Sasuke. So the plot is is barely there. All the characters seem to flip-flop on their beliefs and actions. Like, for instance, when they finally kill the king, because I'm not going to bother doing spoiler alert here, because this shit is awful. Um, Emilio begins to cry because he's just like, Dad! Even though it was just like five seconds ago, I'm going to fucking kill you! We can't, besides the king, we can't kill anyone. No one dies. Just, it's always like, split second stopping, like, I'll spare you just this once. Or, we totally killed that guy. Yes, we did. Good work, team. Glowing red eyes in the distance. Other obvious foreshadowing is obvious. Yes. Um, so other characters, we have Carrot Man, who is a, uh, revolu- a revolutionary who has this weird-ass hat that has a feather that looks like a carrot stuck in it. Then hmm. we have the Nya dragon that constantly goes, Nya! And by the way, it's actually the f- token female character's uh, father. Does that make sense? Lots of sense. Lots, so much sense. Tits, who uh, obviously has tits, and betrays the group of revolutionaries that that uh, Shun and Amelia oh, come to join for no apparent reason, and just says, "Oh, I just did it for the money," and then is just like, "No, I was. I'm just kidding. I didn't really want to betray you guys. I'm so sorry." Yeah, I bet they just trust her straight away. Oh, yeah, they do. And the lion that will not die. This lion is a side character, like a side villain that appeared in one of the earlier episodes and just will not fucking die, no matter how many times we kill it. It gets vaporized in a laser that is supposed to take Shun back to the surface, which doesn't. Mm Mm-hmm. And somehow he's still running around. By the way, the episode in which we kill the king is only like episode 12 and there's 19 episodes. You would think that that's the climax of the story when you kill your father. It's never a good thing when you feel like the climax is in the middle of an anime. Yeah. So there's no character development at all to speak of because the two main characters are constantly going at each other's throats. You would think that it's like it's two guys that it's like 
Shonen Eye or Yaoi or whatever. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's just, we're men, so we punch each other to express our feelings and fuck you, I care about you, punch, punch, punch. It could have ended in 12 episodes, honestly. Now, that being said, the last two episodes were actually kind of interesting and saved it from a burn it. So I'm giving End Ride the first season on Netflix. All right. So that's a double Netflix for today. Yeah. I don't feel like it deserves it. It deserves a burn it. But those last two episodes were actually like, I was actually watching it and being like, wow, this is actually kind of interesting. We'll see how the second season turns out. Alrighty then. So I guess that uh, does it for another episode of Anime Pulse. Yes, it does. I uh, thank everyone for listening, and as always, until next time, keep watching, keep listening, keep the anime love strong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.